Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Sustainable Singapore on Money FM 89.3. Hello and welcome to this first September edition of Sustainable Singapore. Now, by 2045, temperatures in Singapore might hit 40 degrees Celsius on some days due to a warming planet. Now, the hottest we've experienced so far this year is 36.8 degrees Celsius. And with the heat turning up, the use of cooling systems will only increase. But systems such as air conditioning use a huge amount of energy. It hurts the environment and with energy prices the way they are now, it also burns a massive hole in the pocket. So how can we balance cooling and reaching energy consumption targets. Well, WWF highlighted some opportunities to tackle this in a recent report titled Decarbonizing Singapore's Energy System in the Context of Cooling. To find out more, we are joined by uh, Ms. Swati Menloy, Market Transformation Manager at WWF Singapore. Hello. Hello, Ms. Swati. Hi. Hi. Thank Hi. you so much for, your, for spending time with us here. Of course. Happy to be here. Okay. We are known as an air conditioned nation, Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the same yeah. time, many of us are aware of the high energy use uh, needed to run air conditioning. Um, and I understand that in your recent report, uh, pointed to clean cooling solutions as being critical for Singapore to achieve climate targets. So, where does Singapore stand uh, in terms of you know the usage of clean uh, cooling solutions? Maybe you can start yes. by telling us how significant air conditioning usage is uh, in Singapore. Do we live up to yes. our reputation? Yes. Um, so I think, I mean, we all um, are air conditioning. Uh, we have all spent so much time in Singapore in air conditioning. So it's pretty obvious that we are used to that. And it's a big part of our energy usage. Um, so when we talk about cooling, it really is a wide range of services. So, you know, we also talk about refrigeration, which is for our food, but also for our vaccines, for example. But a big chunk of this, which is 70% of our cooling demand, it really comes from commercial sector and households. And it's safe to assume a big part of this, again, is air conditioning. Um, so air conditioning definitely is a big part of when we talk about, um, you know, addressing Singapore's energy use and also decarbonizing it um, to match the 2050 targets that we aspire to see in the, in the country. Mm. Is, is there such a thing as clean cooling solution or are we talking about cleaner? That's a really good question. So I think clean cooling, when we talk about it, it's, it's looking from it from two lenses. Um, number one is to say, can we make sure that is efficiency, which is, you know, really, really cutting down on any wastage and making the most out of that every um, ounce of energy that we have in our grid. Mm. So that includes super efficient, um, you know, units, for example, air conditioning or refrigeration. And then you have these new cutting edge technologies, which is to store cold energy. Which is to say, you know, once you cool down a material, we can use mm-hmm. it to maintain temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of those come under the spectrum of clean cooling. But ultimately, clean cooling is underlain by our energy system. So that also, you know, plays a very big part. Mm. What I find actually really amusing in, in Singapore, actually, is that, you know, we are selling quilts <laughs> in, mm-hmm. our, in our departmental yeah. stores, right? And, and you know, sometimes when you walk around uh, certain uh, like CBD areas, you know, you actually see people coming up 
out of, of their offices wearing also, you know, the, the kind of winter wear you, you, you put on, not just in, you know, regular street wear, uh, street winter wear, but actually those that you see at ski resorts. It, you know, the air conditioning use is so, so much that people actually have to resort to winter wear in Singapore. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when we released this report and we, we did this along with some of the Singapore government agencies, including the National Climate Change Secretariat and EMA, um, they, we, we expected it to be very technical, but we were so surprised how strongly it resonated with individuals who had the same problem that you mentioned, mm. which is that, you know, you're feeling cold in your offices, you're feeling cold in your malls. And that really is, is a system issue where we are talking about, you know, setting temperatures, which um, are expected to give you thermal comfort and other benefits. But we really don't that narrowly look at it. Um, from the lens of, you know, how can we use cooling as a way to decarbonize? Mm. So it's a change that needs to happen. For sure. mm-hmm. Before we get, get more into the sort of, you know, uh, better cooling systems and all, um, it, with the way the temperatures are going, getting hotter and hotter and hotter, what kind of increase can we expect in terms of energy usage uh, on the back of, the, of this whole climate change issue? And, and what would it mean, you know, is it like a three steps forward, two steps back kind of situation for Singapore's climate goals? So um, energy usage is expected to rise. And, you know, that's, again, um, rising temperatures is definitely a big part of it. But we are also expecting disruptions, for example, in our food and water supply. We're seeing more people come into Singapore and development happening for, you know, infrastructure and industries are building, data centers are coming. So obviously energy growth is expected. And however, what is critical is, you know, can this energy growth be matched by sourcing this energy from the renewable um, energy sources, such as, you know, solar power or wind Mm, power. mm. That is one way to ensure that, you know, this energy surge is not coming at the cost of the climate and the environment. Mm. Um, and at the same time, you also have a more efficient systems. You've cut down wastage. So it's really a two-pronged approach where you're kind of minimizing any waste, but then mm. you're also transforming where your energy comes from. Mm. Mm. You've highlighted that without clean cooling interventions, electricity consumption from cooling demand is expected to go up by something like two-thirds, right, uh, by 2030. Mm-hmm. So what what else do you mean by clean cooling interventions? Yeah, so clean cooling interventions really are both focused on technology or what we call passive cooling. Um, so to talk about the latter first, you know, for example, having more trees, increasing shading, right. making sure our, you know, our rooms are insulated, making sure we're not leaking out cold energy through our, you know, doors and windows. Mm. That's one of the ways, which is the passive cooling interventions that are extremely necessary. Mm-hmm. And on the other end, you have these technological interventions, which, you know, a lot of Singaporeans have already heard of district cooling, which is, you know, combining the cooling demand of large areas mm. and, you know, reaching efficiency up to 40% then without district cooling. So mm. these are the two solutions, you know, that we know um, work in Singapore and have potential for huge energy savings. Yeah, but how commonplace would you would you say um, are the providers right of these uh, tech, how would you say these technologies or these science of of you know healthier uh, better cooling uh, interventions? So when it comes to purely from a technology perspective, we know we have the expertise. We have homegrown Singapore companies, and you know we have tech startups from NTU mm-hmm. and NUS. Mm-hmm that we, you know, even interviewed in the process of creating this report. Mm-hmm. The, the intention and deliberation and technology is there. But what 
is needed is you know the more systemic change the change for financing such the change for demand yes. such technologies from these buildings right right it's, it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation isn't it exactly. because when I look at I, I would you know I draw a parallel with what we see in for example supermarkets some people say oh okay eating organic is better it's better for the environment etc etc but it's so expensive and you don't get it in you know every uh, supermarket, you know, to get enough variety from enough supermarkets. So therefore, the demand again slightly sl- uh, lags because of again the availability of supply. So that's so that's why I was trying to find out, you know, how commonplace, you know, is this technology? How accessible is the technology and, and the this sort of services in terms of you know the people providing the companies providing it? So what yeah. other kind what other kind of investment infrastructure changes would you like to see? Yeah, that that actually naturally is the second question you would ask, right? So if you do have some technology providers and people willing to uh, make these systems. Um, so, for for example, the simpler ones, for example, the shading solutions or insulation solutions, you don't really need that much money, um, or you don't need that much uh, policy to support these things. These are very practical solutions. Even increasing your temperature by two degrees, that is mm. a very practical solution. Mm. Um, and done on scale, it can have massive reductions. Uh, but the larger ones, for example, district cooling or even some of the new cutting edge technologies around cold energy storage mm. they really really need the push and you know green financing mechanisms and policy support that's where it is needed to make sure there's you know scalability and mass adoption of these technologies mm, mm. well obviously the commercial sector in Singapore I would think uh, is a huge contributor uh, to you mm-hmm. know whatever's going on uh, for good or for bad right do you, do you think there is enough incentive uh, that the government can provide uh, to motivate existing property uh, to do, you know, what you have suggested, you know, better insulation, re, you know, renovation to to renew their insulation, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to adopt the later uh, sort of the latest materials and, and technology uh, to help to support uh, the climate goals. Yeah, so I think the commercial sector, as as you said already, you know, has been identified as the main sector of intervention because they have the potential to, you know, in the next five ten years, really see those those changes. Um, become profitable as well. Uh, mm. But in terms of, you know, what motivates them, I think there's it's really both, you know, the retailers, the people who are the tenants in these companies, they are one, we hope they are the one drivers of, you know, adoption of better practices. Mm. Alongside you have policymakers, for example, you know, BCA, which is the Building and Construction mm, Authority, yes. have these, uh, the green standards and the green marks. And these really push companies to look beyond just, you know, short-term benefits, mm. but really think of long-term, how they can sustain their, you know, energy efficiency badge and things mm. like that. So these are great mm. motivators for commercial sectors. Okay. But uh, on an individual level, what are some tips you can give us? Well, I would say if there's a breeze going on outside, open your windows, embrace nature, because it really, really is a significant way to make sure um, that you don't uh, contribute to this sort of climate crisis by reducing your own cool, uh, cold mm-hmm. uh, energy footprint. Mm-hmm. You can also increase temperatures. That's a very simple way to do it. And for example, you know, when it's, it's getting too cold, um, talking to your office managers, making sure you are talking, you know, if you live in a family, talk, talking to the other members of your household to say, why don't we adjust it? And you will also see the benefits on your, you know, on your utilities bill at the end of the day. So it's a win-win situation, hopefully. Mm. And that's what we're really trying to say. And also invest in a good fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's also better for your skin. <laughs> Not so drying, right? That's <laughs> okay. true. All right, Miss Fatima Noy, 
it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for, you know, your work, uh, as well as the work, of course, of the WWF Singapore in supporting Singapore's climate goals. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I've been speaking to Ms. Swati Menloy, Market Transformation Manager at WWF Singapore. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store. And that's a wrap for today's episode. But before I go, I've got something special to share with all of you. If you're into deep dives on thought-provoking topics and engaging conversations, do tune in to Chua Tien Tien's award-winning podcast, Under the Radar. It is a B2B segment focused on how a company assesses its business environment and how the firm finally performs financially. So please listen and follow our podcasts on the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Lin Li Fu and you're listening to Money FM 89.3.